What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you're not a subscriber, theathletic.com slash straight from the source will get you in for a dollar a month, a dollar a month for six months, theathletic.com slash straight from the source. And if you subscribe now, you have a lot of catching up to do because there are a ton of articles on the site uh, to go through um, with the very, very active Minnesota Wild trade deadline, which we'll talk a lot about here in the next little while. My guest today, one of those trade deadline pickups, Nick Delorier, scored the game-winning goal in his Wild debut in a 3-0 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. He scored about five minutes into the game on his second shift of the game. He had six hits in the game and just played a really, really quality game, dragged William Carlson out of the crease at one point. And as I mentioned, he became the seventh Minnesota Wild player in history to score the game-winning goal in his debut. The last to do so, Matt Boldy. And remember, Kirill Kaprizov did that last year as well. So Nick Delorier right up there on the list of names and include the likes of Kaprizov and Boldy and Chad Rao. Um, there's a name from the past as well. So, um, really cool guest today. You're going to have a, we're going to have a lot of fun with Nick Delorier. Um, he's just an interesting, interesting guy. Very, very smart, eloquent, um, you know, family guy, hard hitter, uh, fighter, just a heart and soul guy. And we're going to have a lot of fun with Nick. So, uh, hope you listen to that. Um, big week for the wild ahead. The Vancouver Canucks come to town on Thursday. Guess what? Bruce Boudreaux will be back with them. And I talked to Bruce for a long time this morning, and I'll be doing a big story on that for Thursday. And then on Wednesday um, at practice, um, you will, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, there should be a story up on the site with uh, Jacob Middleton. Uh, He got to town today and uh, will be at practice and uh, will be introduced to the media. And I hear he's a fun, fun guy as well. So a lot of fresh players here to introduce you to uh, between Middleton and Jost and Delorier and um, who else? Who else? Uh, oh, Mark Andre Fleury. How about that? The Wild uh, acquire the goaltender with the third most wins in NHL history, the fourth most playoff wins in NHL history. Um, one of a handful of guys to have over 500 wins in this league. The iconic flower, Mark Andre Fleury, um, and just a a really, really cool acquisition by the Wild the other day. Um, you know, I got wind that it was going to happen about three or four days ago or could happen. And that's why I've been sort of writing about it all week. And um, and it wound up coming to fruition and a uh, concession made by both parties. Um, Chicago wanted a first round pick. The Wild wanted to give up a second round pick. Will the Wild make a concession? They're willing to give up that first as long as they're in the Western Conference Finals. And Marc-Andre Fleury has at least four wins in the first two rounds. So, if markets for the eight victories in those first two rounds and the wild wind up in the Western conference final, they will turn that second round pick into a first round pick. And in Bill Guerin's mind, it was totally worth it is what he said that that was the quote, totally worth it. So, um, 
pretty 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 cool pickup and uh, what's even in- more interesting now is the fact that cam talbot has won six straight games and coming off a shutout his last three games he's been really really good and then gets the shutout i mean what are the chances right i mean you, you pick up mark andre Fleury. who knows where his headspace is at and uh meaning meaning talbot and then what does talbot do he goes out onto the ice and he could have probably gone either way he could have probably lost eight ten nothing or got the shutout and that's what i said on the radio that day and he went the ladder um because he is a pro and he gets the shutout on the day that the wild pick up mark andre Fleury in large part because maybe it didn't trust its goaltending and there's mark andre Fleury on the bench and talbot records his 26th career shutout and second of the season his first since Chicago, February 2nd, when the Wild chased Marc-Andre Fleury. So a lot of little coincidences there. And um, the Wild get Fleury. Just a really interesting thing. About two weeks ago is where Bill Guerin called Chicago for the first time just to inquire um, what it would take to get Marc-Andre Fleury if he'd be willing to waive his no move and come into Minnesota. And basically, um, he was told a first round pick. He, He kept grinding at it thought he had a deal, then thought it was dead, then thought he had a deal, then thought it was dead, and just a lot of roller coaster of emotions throughout this process. Then they make the deal, and next thing you know, Chicago wants Capo Kakinen. Well, he couldn't do that because he had already agreed to send Kakinen to San Jose for Jacob Middleton if the Wild landed Marc-Andre Fleury. So that almost broke things down that morning as well. Um, but the Wild are able to get it done. Um, Fleury, um, just extremely happy to be here. Um, you know, I give him a lot of credit. The guy shows up at 5 o'clock, meets with the media first before even meeting any of his new teammates, goes in the locker room, and then suits up for the game. Um, you know, this is the first time Marc-Andre Fleury is a wily, wily vet, has done everything, won three Stanley Cups, all that type of stuff. And yet he's never been traded in season. So this had to be a nerve wracking thing. And I'm sure it's going to be a very nerve wracking thing uh, for him as he tries to get used to a new team, has a crash course here in the final, um, you know, uh, basically six weeks of the season, less actually. And um, and we'll see Marc-Andre Fleury if he starts on Thursday night against the Vancouver Canucks. We might find out by the time this podcast is out if Fleury um, will join. And hopefully I'll get Fleury here on a podcast at some point very soon. Flurry's numbers this year might not look great, but he was playing behind a really, really bad Chicago team, a really, really bad Chicago defense. And there were large portions of the season where Flurry just looked absolutely awesome and looked a lot like his Vesna Trophy self last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. And so Flurry will come here and try to, you know, really um, create a good tag team partnership with Cam Talbot. It'll be interesting to watch how Dean Evison handles the goaltending rotation here. Um, Marc-Andre has been through this before, right? He's He's in, been in platoon situations with Matt Murray in Pittsburgh and even lost his job there for a little bit. And he's been in platoon situations with Robin Leonard. So this is not something that he's unaccustomed to. And uh, you know that he's a pro and he's going to handle it like a pro and same thing with Cam Talbot. So it's going to be just interesting if the Wild, um, you know, can have the best one-two punch down the stretch here and into the playoffs and how Dean Everson handles that. Similarly, the Wild acquired Jacob Middleton. Hard-nosed, block shots, fights, can throw people into outer space with just monstrous hits. Um as Nick Deloria said, great mustache. And it's going to be interesting to see how Dean Evelson handles that because now the Wild are carrying eight defensemen. 
Um, who do you take out now? Middleton played with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns in San Jose at times. So we know that he's going to be in the lineup. Will they throw him? And again, by the time this podcast is out, we might know what the plans are for game one. But um, will they throw him right next to Jared Spurgeon on the top pair and maybe either move Alex Goligoski to the third pair or completely out of the lineup? Who knows? One interesting thing here is it does feel like Goligoski does not have a future in this organization that they're not going to re-sign him. Well, Kulikov has one year left on his deal, and we know that John Merrill just got a three-year extension. So sometimes contracts rule the roost, and maybe the Wild will decide, you know what, it might be the smartest thing to just play the guys that we know are going to be here next year or could be here next year barring trades. And so we'll see what happens here. But there's going to be extra defensemen. There's going to be extra forwards. Uh, the Wild have Nick Bukestad still in the fray. They have Connor Durer still up. What the Wild did do is make a little paper transaction yesterday, and they sent Durer to the minors and then immediately recalled him. And what that means is now the Wild um, have used one of their four, maximum four recalls, non-emergency recalls, after the Alistair break on Connor Durer. But what that allows them to do is, one, make him playoff eligible if Iowa makes the playoffs, but two, give him the opportunity to send him down to the minors if he's not getting enough playing time here in the final five, five, five or six weeks of the season. So um, that's why they made that decision so to, to allow them the flexibility to send them down because it ran, again, once you're past the trade deadline, basically anybody that's here remains here. There's not waivers generally. And so these guys are absolutely on this lineup. So it gives them that flexibility to send them down. So Middleton will be here on Wednesday and he'll debut on Thursday. Again, we'll see if Talbot or Flurry, Talbot coming off the shutout or Flurry debuts on Thursday. Um, Nick Delorier, another pick up the wild uh, hat, had, uh, you know, third round pick in 2023 sent to Anaheim. We'll talk to Nick during this podcast, but what does he do? He gets the game winning goal, six hits, and just uh, really became a fan favorite right away. Huge ovations during that game. Um, other moves that happened in the last couple of days. Jack McBain, long rumored that he would not sign here. Well, the Wild sent his rights to the Arizona Coyotes for a 2022 second round pick originally owned by Vancouver. And um, Dean, uh, Bill Guerin really wouldn't talk about McBain, was obviously not happy that he wouldn't sign here. But, it, you know, pretty impressive from Bill Guerin to get a second round pick for a player that Arizona conceivably could have just signed on August 15th. So to get value for him. A pretty good move by Bill Guerin right there. Uh, Victor Rask, uh, the Wild retained 50% of his salary, but gave him a lifeline by sending him to Seattle for future considerations, which means Jack Squat. So the Wild, let's just call his first name Jack and his last name Squat. That's who the Wild acquired uh, for Victor Rask. So Rask goes to uh, Seattle, 52 points in his Wild career, 10 points in 10 games down in Iowa, and he'll get a chance to try to um, reestablish an NHL career for Ron Francis in Seattle, obviously a GM that originally signed him to that six-year, $24 million deal in Carolina. Um, and then the other deal that happened uh, since our last podcast was Tyson Jones for Nico Sturm. Bill Guerin said that happened completely out of the blue. Uh, Colorado had called them, said, would you do Jost for Sturm? And 45 minutes later, the deal was done. Sturm uh, had turned down what I'm told is a five-year deal in the $2 million range, probably right in the middle, I'm guessing. Um, and he turned it down. Probably, I'm guessing, uh, I talked to Sturm via text and Sturm said he'll talk to me after the season about exactly what went down. Um, but my gut says that Nico just felt he was going to be pigeonholed on the fourth line 
seemingly forever, you know, with Ryan Hartman here, with Rossi coming, with Goudreau here, and obviously respected by uh, Dean Evison and then Yul Eriksson Exxon for seven more years after this one. I think that he probably looked at it and said, well, what's my future? I'm going to be just the fourth line center here for a long, long time. So that's my gut on why he didn't sign the contract, um, as long as I'm being told the honest truth on how that uh, all went down. And so when he turned it down, the Wild uh, said, well, they're not going to be able to re-sign him. So they were going to either lose him for nothing or get an asset for him. And with uh, Sturm gone, they get Tyson Jost, uh, who's got another year at $2 million and quite frankly has played really well his first three games in a wild uniform, got an assist on the Delorier goal. And just, uh, you know, for an undersized guy, strong on the puck, uh, smart, his body positioning is great, makes great play on the Delorier goal, um, penalty kill. Um, hopefully at some point we'll get power play. Great play on the empty net goal that led to Hartman's empty netter a couple games ago. Um, so really, really uh, playing well in his first three games with the Wild. So active day for the Wild, active week leading up to the trade deadline. Again, six trades. Jacob Middleton acquired, Marc-Andre Fleury tra- acquired, Victor Rask acquired for a guy named Jack Squat, Tyson Jost acquired for Nico Sturm, Delorier for a 2023 third, and Jack McBain for a 2022 second. Uh, pretty good week uh, as far as Bill Guerin is concerned. And I'll tell you what, you go into that locker room, you talk to these players, and they are absolutely fired up and feel that Bill Guerin did his job to give them the pieces that he thinks would make them better suited to go on a long playoff run, more physical, bigger, stronger with guys like Middleton and Delorier, um, more skill maybe uh, with Tyson Jost, and then obviously uh, you get a, uh, a 1-1 tandem potentially with Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. They feel like he did their job to try to give them a chance to, in the playoffs, uh, go on a long run, and now their job is to is to make it work, and, and we'll see if they can do that here in the five or six weeks of the season. What's really interesting is heading into uh, Tuesday's action, the Wild uh, are in the second spot in the Western, in the uh, Central Division. The third spot, technically, uh, via points and games played and all that stuff, is uh, Nashville. But uh, in that third spot, but St. Louis is actually has a couple games in hand, so they have the higher points percentage. So even though Nashville is in that third spot, St. Louis theoretically is. They're not really in seventh. Um, and the Wild will really control its own destiny here in the final 20 or so games of the season. The Wild look like they're going to either play St. Louis or Nashville in the playoffs unless they somehow dip to seventh and play Calgary. But if they play Nashville or St. Louis, well, the Wild have two games in Nashville and two games in St. Louis. So however those games go could determine on who the Wild play in the first round. Pretty interesting the way that's all come about. Again, big week uh, ahead. Have a really cool story on uh, Bruce Boudreau coming. Hopefully a Jacob Middleton story coming out Wednesday as well. If you're a new subscriber to The Athletic or thinking of subscribing, again, a dollar a month, theathletic.com slash straight from the source. The story is up on the site right now. Um, a big story on kind of what I was just saying about how the it's it's sort of a quasi gamer from the Vancouver from the uh, from the game against the Vegas Golden Knights. But it is also um, really the players talking about how Bill Guerin's trade deadline's investment in the team um, means that they're doing something right and they want to make it worthwhile now. That story's up. Then I did a real behind-the-scenes look at how the Marc-Andre Fleury uh, trade happened and the game of chicken that they played with the Chicago Blackhawks. That's up on the site. We have a uh, ranking all 32 teams on their trade deadline performances. Um, I got a chance to uh, have a little one-on-one time with Jonathan Marchessault yesterday, one of Marc-Andre Fleury's best buddies, and I do a really cool story of Jonathan Marchessault and what he thinks he's going to do for the Wild both on and off the ice. 
place. We have a Minnesota Wild trade tracker that has all the news as it came on all the trades. Uh, I talked to Logan Couture about Jacob Middleton, and I gave a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from sources on how the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, no-move was waived. So hopefully you read all that. That's all in there as well. Um, there's the NHL trade grades, um, Sean Gentile, Dom LeCision and Corey Promen ranked, uh, basically graded out the Marc-Andre Fleury trade in the wild, got high, high, uh, grades there as well. And then other stories on there as well. The initial trade, a Lazarus column, um, a Nicholas Delorier, uh, story, uh, asking, you know, basically a little feature on him talking about his role and how his goal is to keep Marcus Foligno on the ice and not in the penalty box. And then the original uh, scoop that I had three or four days ago on the fact that the Wild were looking at acquiring Marc-Andre Fleury. And um, hopefully you read all that. So hopefully you felt in the loop this week as well, because it was a pretty cool week. There's also a monster Ask Russo mailbag in there as well. Um, And the last thing I want to tell you is Thursday at one o'clock, I'll be doing another live room. So come to our site or my Twitter account and you'll get the link. But uh, if you weren't part of my live room that I did in Detroit, it's really basically an hour long, or though I did it about an hour and a half, two hours um, a essentially a live radio show, a live podcast where you can go into a room, raise your hand to ask a question. I'll call on you and you can talk to me. I'll answer the question. Anybody can listen in, even if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic. But if you are a subscriber, you can ask a question. There's also a chat function there as well that I've got to get uh, better at. But hopefully you enjoy this podcast with Nick Delorier. It's going to be a fun one. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Well, very happy to be joined by Nicholas Delorier. Uh, Nicholas, uh, man, nine years in the NHL, 42 goals, 498 penalty minutes in 487 games, 53 fights, 12th most hits in the league since you got into the league. Felino, by the way, is at eighth, just so you know. And the seventh wild player in team history to get a game-winning goal on his debut. Man, you uh, also, what a first impression by uh, four wild fans. They, you could just tell they're going to be... You're going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, like I said it before, too, the energy was so easy to get. You know, this playing here on an away team was, I hated playing here. You know, <laughs> the fans are on you and everything, but when you have them on your side, it's something special. You know, and obviously, the stats got to get more points, I guess, but uh, I would try to catch up to Moose there, that's for sure, <laughs> uh, on the hits. But, uh, you know, uh, that's that's who I am. Uh, you know, when I get a chance to score a goal, I hope I can I can cash in. But uh, you know, the physicality is the part of what I want to bring, and you know, make make the other guys comfortable on the ice as well. Yeah, you know, you talked after the game the other night about how tight this team is, and we just talked to Jacob Middleton, and he just went on and on about the same thing, and he's been here for like a minute. And I think you know, one of the things that that hap- happens is he's Spurgeon reaches out right away, Felino reaches out right away. He lands last night, and who takes him to dinner but you? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you know, it's pretty cool. It's uh, I think that's a big difference between a mature team and a, a younger team. You know, uh, I, I, when I got in the league, you had those those older guys like John Scott, Kanopka, had uh, Mike Weber, and you know those are guys. Yeah, Brian Gianta. You know, they take care of you, and I think that's what we we try to do to each other. You know, the mm-hmm. the old soul. There, there's not many of us anymore, you know, like just old time hockey. And this group has more than a lot of teams. And, uh, no, uh, I feel like, uh, Jacob's been same spot as me. You know, you come in and like, I, I knew a little bit more people than him, but, you know, trying to make him comfortable and we're staying in the same spot. So, uh, when I saw him land, I just texted him. I knew exactly what he was going through. I think a little yeah. nap, he needed a nap like I did. And, uh, <laughs> no, we, we, 
we went to dinner after and got to catch up and drove this morning together it's uh that's cool he's a, he's a fun dude he i told him right away i was like yeah you're gonna fit in right right away yeah. like yeah i was in the locker room for 30 seconds and i felt like i was there already for for the full year and uh, i think he he said it was the same thing what what is it like to be traded midseason? Because I can't imagine you know you're you're learning a new play. Like it doesn't matter how old you are, how how confident you are, you know you're meeting fifty people the first minute. You're it, there's got to be nerves. Yeah, no. Every handshake I told everybody, I'm sorry if I don't remember your names. Yeah. I think uh, players wise is a little easier. You kind of play against them. You know who they are. You know staff wise. You know you you try to try to bank all the names that you can and mix up a couple names, but. Uh, no, it's it's not easy. Obviously, uh, you you kind of go to a team, you set up everything. You know, for me, especially having four kids, you set up school. Uh, we we were lucky enough to stay in Anaheim for almost three years, so we stayed in the same place. My daughter was going to the same school, and then my son started kindergarten this year, and it's right in the same spot. So, I think it's uh, the easy thing of this is. When you know you're getting traded, I think Jacob too. We talked about it yesterday. It's the same thing. You kind of know where you're getting traded. It's where mm-hmm. uh, you still get that that kind of anxious of not knowing where you're going. But you know, I, I said it out loud. And, you know, it's a, it's a little sacrifice for me to to move from a team to another. But big one is uh, is my wife. You know, she, yeah. she's she's stuck down there with uh, with four kids. You know, uh, but like I said, it makes it easy when you know you're leaving and. You know, my wife is, is she's the rock of our relationship for sure. She does the, the dirty job. I do it on the ice. She does it at home. So I think that's the main thing. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see them for sure, but it's a, it's a long transition, but uh, it, it makes it so easy when you come here to this organization mm-hmm. and they just welcome you open arm and, and having this group is just, you kind of forget of, about the, the hard part outside of hockey and focus here. And every time you come here, it's a, it's just, it's just a pleasant day. Right, your wife Joni. Um, you mentioned the other. I think your kids are eight to four, eight to one, basically. Pretty much, almost yeah. two of the last one. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, we're we're in that bracket where, you know, we got our little one that's almost almost two. That's a little ball of energy, and <laughs> you got the the oldest one that's about to turn to eight. That's kind of that preteen. So it's kind of we we get everything there, but uh, you know, uh, we're happy enough too to have the the in laws there. Yeah, you know, they're helping uh, my wife to, to kind of sort out packing a little bit and. Uh, trying to make uh, their debut of uh, coming back to to Montreal and uh, you know maybe do the homeschooling for the last month and a half so they can be able to go, to come here right um and uh you, you like I, I assume a ton of FaceTime right now like how are your kids handling that you yeah, being no, uh, we just came back from when i was in anaheim from a nine-day trip so every time you're you're on the road uh, you know you you call facetime and everything you know it's not too bad now with mm-hmm. the, just two hours of uh of um change time but uh you know facetime's uh you know you gotta say thank you to the technology yeah you right get to, you get to see the kids and uh you know when it's bedtime for them i'm I'm still i'm about to go to bed or or close to so we can say good night and talk but uh you know it's uh it's hard it's it's not easy but uh you know it's uh it's part of life drafted as a defenseman i remember that uh frankly when did they move you to forward and how easy was that transition uh so i played two and two years and a half uh Pro in the American League from Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, the Monarchs, in as a D-man, and uh, you know I was an offensive defenseman, not even close of what I am now. Uh, you know, in my last year in junior, almost put a point per game. Uh, my first year, junior uh, pro was kind of uh, the transition of playing pro, and uh, 
no, my third year there, um, I got cut one of the first ones in LA and it, it kind of, uh, kind of hurt me a bit. You know, I spent mm -hmm. the full summer there. I thought I could maybe crack that, maybe not that top six, but be that seventh D and it didn't turn out. I don't, I don't know if it's just the way I was playing and you had those Dowdies and, and, you know, Martinez, you know, those, mm -hmm. those big guns and, uh, you had Slava Voinov. So I'll, yeah, sort of offensive, uh, defenseman with, uh, Martinez, but, uh, You know, I went back in the A and uh, you know how how the A is at camp. Sometimes there's not a lot of people. So there was 7D on PTO and our coach, uh, Mark Morrison, uh, told me that, uh, you know, my spot was was already done, was was there as a top four, uh, but we only had two lines. So put me up front and, you know, the camp there, I started scoring goals. So <laughs> it, it was uh, it was kind of fun. And then I started the season on, uh, as a D-man and then went back as a forward on the fourth line and you know, that's when I kind of questioned my career a bit you know I, I called mm -hmm. my I, my my agent I was like uh, no I what, what am I what, what am I doing you know uh, went from a, being a top four defenseman in the team to uh, uh, fourth line not playing a lot and he's like uh, you know you just gotta wait for an opportunity and then I started playing with uh, Jordan Wheel and Brendan Cozen on the first line and had my power play on the backhand playing as a forward and ended up scoring 18 goals before trade deadline and got traded from uh, LA to Buffalo. And when I got to Buffalo, that's when it all started, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be that guy, right. bigger guy. Uh, and I, I took this as an advantage, uh, you know, playing my full career as a D man, uh, junior and two years pro. I, I kind of knew, you know, when you dump the puck, what the tendencies are and, you know, brought me success and I was able to sign my first deal there uh, one way for mm -hmm. two years and then you know history was made there I, I became that guy that you know I was not a fighter at all and I fought one one of the toughest guy one of my first fights uh, in the NHL against Brendan Pruss and uh, you know I kind of caught the itch there and didn't win many fights but started learning learning and And that, that's that's what brought bread on the table for us as a family and you know trying to evolve as a player and then i got a chance going from buffalo to montreal and then obviously i think the the switch of my career was really anaheim going right. to that that division and uh, you know proving that yes i'm not scared i'll fight anybody i'll get beat up sometimes i'll beat up some people sometimes it's it's part of life but you know the main thing was trying to prove that i'm a hockey player and i think the big turnaround was probably last summer when I, I, I love, I love being in the gym. I love working out, nah. but I had to do something about my skating. Uh, I've never been a fast skater, never been a slow skater. It was kind of that, that middle mix. And, uh, you know, this year was maintaining my strength, but working on my power skating. And, uh, you know, this league is this now it's, yeah. it's skill, it's fast. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to prove that, you know, I can still be an asset in a, in, in an NHL team and trying to be a playoff guy. Um, and you know, it's, uh, with the experience I have, uh, you know, it, I'm obviously, I wasn't lucky enough to, to make any playoffs runs or, or be in the playoffs. So a lot of people, their dream is to win the Stanley cup. My dream is to make the playoff at, at this point and, and prove that, you know, my role is still a big thing in the NHL. Absolutely. I remember when we, you know, so, I mean, man, your career has run the gauntlet, you know, offensive defenseman drafted at, then you go into becoming a forward. Now you're bottom six. But I remember when we were in Buffalo in like 2014, 15, you were first line left wing with uh, Eichel and stuff. I mean, you yeah. know, you, you, so, I mean, it shows that you have multiple, even though you joke what skill set, <laughs> you know, that, that goal the other night was no fluke. Uh, yeah, no, like, like I said, that goal was, 
pure, pure line goal. Yeah. Those are the ones that I love. Uh, it's not a one-man show out there. You know, it's a, it's a battle. Uh, you know, you got a battle 200 feet, and, you know, that one, you set a good forecheck. You know, playing with uh, Doohy and, uh, and Jost, you know, Jost is an unbelievable skilled player as well. He's fast, energy ball as well. And, yeah, Doohy, that's kind of a little similar to me. Yeah. Uh, way better skill, let's put it that. And, you know, he works hard. And, you know, that play was just keep the puck in. Uh, we got to, I think as a line, we we got to put ourselves together and know what we bring to each yeah. other, you know. Uh, and, you know, that, that pass that Dewey gave me from behind the net, it's, uh, it's crisp on the tape. I didn't need to do much. And it was a, it was a good debut, that's for sure. Yeah, and obviously you have a special relationship with Marcus Foligno. He, uh, he had the best pr- uh, press conference question the other day when he asked you if it was true that you were uh, aiming top shelf, but uh, <laughs> wound up going five-hole. How proud are you of just what he's become in the NHL? I mean, you saw him at the beginning of his career in, in Buffalo when he was trying to buy his time, and now he comes here and he is, you know, I mean, he is almost the engine of this team in a lot of ways and huge locker room guy. Yeah, uh, you know. We won't hide it that me and Marcus are, are really tight, uh, you know, even playing against each other. Uh, we we stayed in touch. Uh, his wife stayed in touch with my wife. And it, it's funny to see I went for dinner the the next day that I got in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's insane how we grow up, you know, two kids at home. And you go there, cook dinner. And, you know, uh, we had so much fun in Buffalo, you know, being young. and But I could tell that Moose is a, he's a truck. You know, mm-hmm. he works hard. He has the good skill set. Uh, he's tough. He has everything. And, you know, when he got traded here, you you can tell that, you know, Buffalo was going in a different direction. And when he got here, I knew, I knew right away. And it's, 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 it's fun to see that, you know, we evolve as players. You know, I was kind of not similar to him in Anaheim, but you know, I was the guy trying to take care of, you know, the young guys and trying to be that veteran present. You know, we had uh, Getzlaff. That's probably mm-hmm. his last year. Uh, you had older guys, but I, I was one of the top rackets of being old there. And, you know, you kind of become that, that leadership kind of comes out by himself. And, you know, it's, you got to give him credit. You know, he, he's having a hell of a year as well. But yeah. uh, he, even if he didn't, he would be the same guy. He, you can see his present is here. And, you know, even Spurgey as a captain, you know, he's, it's, it's two different present, but two of that, that you notice a lot. Yeah. And, but I'm happy for Moose. You know, I think he found his uh, niche here and, no, I think he's a lovable guy too. As a as a fan too, you you're in the building. He he's the guy that you want to cheer for, and yeah. seeing him with uh, you know everything he's been having success, and he deserves every credit of it. The leadership here seems to be one of the most impressive things that I've seen in terms of the change in the last couple of years. I mean Spurgeon, like Jacob Middleton just said that Spurgeon was his second call after Joe Will, the San Jose GM. He talked to Spurgeon before Bill Guerin. That Spurgeon immediately like reached out to Nick Benino. Benino gave him Middleton's number, and next. You know, he's on the phone with Spurge. I mean, that that stuff means something to players. It does. It, yeah. Like for me, obviously, Moose was the first one that called me right after Bill. But like, Moose had me on the speed dial already, <laughs> and Spurgeon called me right after. Not even. Yeah. I think I th- he actually called me at the same time as Moose when I was talking to Moose, and I told Moose I was like, "Oh, Spurgey's calling me." He's like, "Don't answer him." <laughs> so it was kind of a fun joke, but you know, it's uh, it means a lot. Yeah. It those little things are like just. Sometimes you don't think you're doing a, a good thing for somebody else, but like, we're we're that's that's where you see the difference between being a leadership group and a young kind of group. You know, when I got traded in Anaheim, you know, I had guest staff just calling me, just saying, hey, "I'm happy that you're on our side." But you know, <laughs> here 
had texts from guys sending me their numbers, you know, Hart, Hartman fucking just, just gave me his number. And then you had Spurge calling me and then right in the group, everybody sent me their number. It, it was, it was fun. And it's, it, it's secure. It, it, the mind works so many ways and yeah. just having that kind of like secures everything yeah. and makes it welcoming. Tell me about your tattoos. I know they've got to be very meaningful. How many do you have and what's the most meaningful ones you have? A lot of people ask me how many do I have. I try to just say a few because they're all connected. <laughs> but uh, no, I got a lot. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a guy that keeps a lot of things inside of me. I'm not a I'm not a emotional guy, and you know, family is everything for me. And I think that's how I describe it. You know, I have my kind of my path on on my back. I got a full back tattoo. Uh, you know, I was able to you know put my wife's uh initial as a as a ring as well and you know just the kids you know i have i think i might have two or three spots with the kids initial uh you know that's how i express the the love that i have and uh you know it's uh it's a good thing and maybe a bad thing some people <laughs> like it some people don't but uh you know that's me you know i have i don't even know if you you can say how many i have it's more of a, yeah my upper body's uh starting to missing some space so. <laughs> i remember when i first sat down with brent burns uh at a japanese restaurant in woodbury uh back when he was a little kid and he had one tattoo it was a, a, a wild tattoo on his back which you know probably wasn't the brightest move <laughs> at the time you know you're not gonna be on one team most most guys are not on one team for his yeah. entire career but i remember he told me right then he goes i will be filled up by the end i leave this you know this organization yeah, no, he I, is I, he's, I, I saw burns's tattoos yeah. and uh, you know he's the i'm more of a not too crazy i have a big crazy one in the back but you know it's yeah uh, no it's uh no it's addicting yeah he said on the back that he's like if i ever get traded from here i'll just turn into like the wilderness and that's exactly what it does that yeah. is really cool your your wife's initials yeah. as your ring that's that's sweet you you joked the other day i asked you about the run-ins that you've had with dumba because we've seen it a couple times once in anaheim but once i think dumba went after you in buffalo when the wild were honestly probably on the verge of trading of firing mike yo and they traded for devin dubnik that day and then dubnik comes in shuts you guys out and then they went on a tear and mike was safe the team saved the wild season all that stuff and you know again you see you and dumba out on practice and it's like your best buddies um and you you know you fight jacob middleton in the preseason and you take him to dinner the first day you've even gotten into it with your buddy marcus felino since you've weren't teammates in buffalo how do you separate that like how how do you realize that in that 200 foot ring that it is a battle but you want off the ice you guys can be buddies yeah no i think uh just just even if you look at all all my fights this year you know I, I fought that mcdermott maybe five times in the last two years and i have a lot of respect for him i think i think he does for me too and every time we're in the box we talk and you know outside the rink for me is we do this for a living not a lot of people can do this you you run after a little black puck to, and you get paid decent amount of money uh enjoy it i think that's it but outside the rink we're all the same guys you know i think mm -hmm. uh, if you remember back in the days those stories and in the 90s you know guys would fight and would go for a beer after you know? yeah why wouldn't why would it change you can hate it hate somebody but we're in the same boat as at this point but uh no uh i fought some you know i played with chris stewart and when when he got traded uh to here uh i don't think i played against him but i fought him when he was in philly you know mm -hmm. those are things and right after we stayed in philly and right after we chatted up and you know big hugs and everything this is this is how i am i have a mindset when 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 i go on the ice is i have no friends i protect my guys and that's it you know and 
know, obviously I'm lucky enough to, to stay in the league long, as long as I can. But, you know, I, any team I was on was that, you know, I, two weeks ago I was defending uh, Anaheim guys. And this year, if, if we no. play against them, I, I, I don't want to seem mad about it, like being a, a bad guy about it, but I actually don't care about them now. Yeah. And it's, that's how I roll. I, I, I love the game of hockey. Uh, I wish I was better scoring <laughs> goals, but, uh, you know, this is, this is what I do. Uh, you know, when, when we play, we play, we, we play 60 minutes. Yeah. You don't play the full 60. The only guy is cam or flower. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to play 10 minutes and then try to do my job and, Whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, Chris Stewart, by the way, was last week's podcast, coincidentally enough. Um, do, do you worry about the future health-wise? Like, I mean, just looking at your fists right now, they hurt me looking at them. Uh, you know, I mean, your knuckles are show signs of many, many years of, of banging heads and helmets and things like that. Yeah, no, no, I I don't think about it. Obviously, we, we have the staff for that. They'd look out for each other and, uh, you know, this it's not an easy job. I said it to a lot of people. Do I love it? I, hundred percent. Did I change anything? No, it's, this is what I want to do. This is what I, this is what brings bread on the table. Like I said before, right. uh, no, right now I don't think about it. Obviously when it comes to this, you know, I, it's funny, my wife, the first couple of years when, uh, when I started fighting, she was kind of worried a bit. And then it became that she knew that this is, this is what, this is the surviving mode for us, for, for the family. And every five games she would tell him, well, Maybe about the time you fight now, you haven't done anything in a while. So, uh, Just but get no, it out of your system. I, no, I think, uh, you know, those are the things. If you start thinking about this, you know, obviously you have some some good guys that, that passed away because of this. And yeah. uh, you, you you don't want to be on that side. You want to be that, that guy that's, you know, at the end of the career. Like I said, we play a game for a living. I want to mm -hmm. be there for my kids. And, uh, no, it's uh, – I take care of my body. Uh, as soon as I have something, it's, it's going to be told. And, you know, I – Obviously, like you said, the knuckles, uh, well, at the end of the career, we'll, we'll try to fix that. But right <laughs> now, I, I don't need to try to, to fix anything. It's just, uh, you know, trying to be minded free. And, uh, you know, I think the main thing for me is loving what I do helps a lot. Yeah. Um, the other night, uh, those fans fell for you right away. I mean, you could just tell your first hit, the fans went crazy. And because the wild, I mean perennially one the fans in minnesota have always loved the tough guys they love stewie they love boogie they love matt johnson um but they but this hasn't been a very physical team the last several years and now they're starting to become a real hard team to play against but jacob middleton just mentioned that in coming into this building and that this is one of the top three away buildings that he's ever played in, in terms of you feel the atmosphere right away how was it going you mentioned it also before you uh played your first game there to now hear their affection for you how cool of an experience was that the other day when you're dragging Carlson out of the crease and they're giving you a standing O. No, that was that was something special. You know, just thinking about it, I got goosebumps again. You know, every hit, you know, it was something. Uh, defensive play, PK clears. Just not on me, but just how involved they are throughout the game is, it was insane. It was so much fun. And like I said, you didn't need to look Mm -hmm. somewhere for energy if, if if you can't get energy in this building I, I i don't know where you're from but for me it was it was something special and you know obviously <laughs> dragging a guy like i'm a guy that you know i'll stay in the blue paint until somebody pushes me away or there's a face-off but nobody should be standing there for from the away team uh you know you want to protect uh cam yeah. this is cam spot and flower spot and uh you know it was fun to see but uh you know this this is who i am you know i'm respectable player out there I, I i don't 
do any cheap shots or anything. When it's time for business, it's time for business. But uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, every hit. Maybe they were exaggerating a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it gives it gives me energy. You know, that's what that's yeah. That's what my engine works on. Yeah, wild fans are special. There's no doubt about it. Um, you mentioned Flurry. Uh, what was it like him walking in the room the other day? I mean, you know, it, it had to be an odd thing because Cam's about to start a game, but um, and we know. I mean, Cam is such a pro that obviously he goes out there and then pitches a shutout right after, which says everything about him. But for him to walk in that room, there had to be just this excitement because Mark Andre, he's he's a, a iconic figure. I mean, you yeah, know? no, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. That's for sure. Uh, I know Mark Andre well. You know, he we were in the same agency. We worked out a, uh, probably a while ago, but a full summer together. And he's such a lovable person. Right. You, if it, I don't think there's any mean aspect about that guy. Like you can be the meanest guy and not like anybody. This guy is going to turn you to just liking him. It's uh, it's contagious. And no, it was exciting. You know, we obviously when you see all the the trades that we did. You know, a credit to Bill and uh, the organization, but you, you see what we're bringing. Yeah, you, you don't have a one and two now; you have a one and one, and you know you got to give credit to Cam. Like Cam's an unbelievable goalie. Yeah, you know, and comes out there and. What do you want more than a shout out? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sweet. Um, let's go to some uh, Twitter questions. Are you into social media, by the way? Oh, I have Instagram. Okay. So <laughs> nice. Um, uh, so this is from Eric Leffler. Uh, who uh, better jokes in the locker room? You or Moose? I'll beat him at one point, but uh, <laughs> no, right now, like a lot of guys are, are, are joker. I haven't been here long enough to say that Moose is better than me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, when is your family visiting? This is from uh, Brett. Uh, we're still undecided. I think uh, the main plan now is uh, probably our game in Montreal to, mm -hmm. to kind of reunite there and see where it's going after. Right. You kind of alluded to this, but Gus uh, asked, how do you balance playing a hard game to being healthy too? That's just taking care of your body. I mm -hmm. think, uh, you know, good nutrition, uh, being mind-free is the main thing for me. You know, I'm a guy that, yes, I know what I've done on the ice, but don't overlook things. And, you know, I think it's, you go day by day for me. Yeah. Um, good questions here from Tyler and Wild Boy. Um, your favorite team growing up, your favorite player growing up? Favorite team is, is, is it's hard to not, not say Montreal when you're from Montreal, you know. And you got to play for I them. I got to play for them. It was, uh, you know, it was a, a dream come true for me, for sure, being a home guy and playing in a home. But uh, as a defenseman, Bobby Orr was the, the guy I was looking up to. Yep, that's My awesome. My dad had a lot of clips, so we <laughs> we watched a lot of those. That So when you were an offensive defenseman, did you play a hard game too, or you totally became that? No, I was a, okay. like physical, but I, I would never fight. Okay. I would like spend almost a full minute, mm -hmm. two minutes on the power play. So, uh, Chris Hansen, um, uh, superstitions, uh, favorite meal before a game, if you had a walkout song. <laughs> uh, Song-wise, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm a big country guy. I love country, but you know, I when it's game time, there's some techno or some some rap, whatever. I, yeah. I, I like I said, I find energy. Any I can find energy in a bottle of water, so that's, <laughs> that, that's fine with me. Uh, ritual? Uh, no, I think it's uh, you know, we a lot of guys play soccer before games. I don't have much, you know. The only thing I need is my my big black coffee. Uh -huh, me too. <laughs> there we go. Now we have something in common because I can't fight. Uh, so uh, the, definitely the coffee. Um, I can't even imagine. Like honestly, I have never been in a fight. I was once punched in the face once, uh, but that's it. I can't even imagine doing what you do. Um, favorite? Do you have a pregame meal? Uh, yeah, in Anaheim we had a, a spot that everybody went, and uh, you know, last game I went to uh, Lagrola with all right. uh, with a couple guys and. 
you know, that's going to be the spot for the nice. rest of the year. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Garrett, uh, best fighter that you've uh, fought? Uh, you guys can watch a lot of uh, media that I did and podcasts. Uh, you know, I, I still think that McDermott has everything. Yeah. Be, uh, and now he's in this. Uh, yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, you know, I fought him twice this year. You know, we had some long bouts, but he's, uh, you know, he has everything. He's long. He's strong. Uh technique uh i think he's probably one of the best ones i fought yeah and uh, chris, chris neal is in there too you know he, you know i think uh Prost was really unbelievable technique guy but you know as as of now i think uh mcdermott's a, a good fighter and obviously i had a couple bouts with uh Luchik as well but you know i would put mcdermott there with like yeah the the length that he is jacob uh, middleton just showed us a mark on his face and he said that came from middleton that uh, came from mcdermott the other day uh so uh he he likes to fight there's no doubt about it um here's a really good one from papa uh wants to know if you have any dicky Kloon stories from manchester <laughs> rich Kloon. <laughs> dicky Kloon. yeah i got a lot this but, is from know, herbeck ronick uh no dicky was uh you know was one of my close friends he was uh you know we had we had a good setup there in Manch. Every Sunday was a day off, so we would kind of well after a game was Monday a day off, so we would always go to that little little place. All the all the all the wives, all the girlfriends called McGarvey's, and uh, you know Dicky, uh, you know uh, props to him that uh, you know he he doesn't drink anymore and yeah. he's been through he's been out loud about it. He did a documentary about it and. But I've never seen a guy have so much energy, and you know he was a driver for everybody. But uh, you know he, Dicky is a he's he's a special human for sure. That's really cool. Uh, a couple more for you, Nick, and I'll let you uh, get on with your day. Um, Mike wants to know: Do you scout other players' fighting styles? Yeah, I uh, I do my homework. Uh, I won't <laughs> get in into it to to spill uh, spill what I do, but I love to to see the tendency of people and. Uh, to see what they br- what they do or what I've done against them, and uh, you know, obviously, it changes when you you fight the same guy a couple mm-hmm. times. You kind of know it a bit, but uh, I love to refresh my brain a bit. And you know, when you play somebody that you know has been just called up and just does that, you kind of try to find a bit what their tendencies are. But yeah, yeah, I do. Yep. Uh, Ray Christie, uh, three toughest players in the league as of now. Yep, I would say. Oh, you got to put Luch. McDermott, you know, I think uh, Reeves is still up there, but toss some bone to, to Moose in there. Yeah. Reeves, uh, he'd be up there in the, like, three best quotes, too. He's, uh, yes, <laughs> he's a beauty. Yes. Um, he is an absolute beauty. Uh, Happy Rivard wants to know, do you have any good Stewie stories? Stu Manru, yeah. No, Stewie was, uh, you know, he uh, he was a fun guy. You know, uh-huh. Halloween parties, he, he, he would throw some good <laughs> Halloween parties. He, but I think you guys know a lot of stories already. You know, we... I haven't spent a lot of times with him. I, I think I was a year and a half with him, but, uh, you know, he was a great guy. You know, story-wise, uh, you guys all know how he loves his Red Bull uh, during the, the pre, uh, pre-game skate, uh, not pre-game skate, the warm-ups, and uh, he has his little routine there. But, you know, he's an he's a, he's a unbelievable guy. Yep. A um, couple more for you. Just uh, f- uh, Here's a great one. Caprice F. Christ on social media. There you go. It's uh, asks, uh, what's your favorite non-hockey hobby? Probably I would say golf. Okay. Uh, I think I, I, I love golfing, but uh, this maybe past with COVID hitting, uh, you know, reading books a lot uh, on wine. I'm a big wine guy. Me too. And, uh, two you know, things in common. Two things now. Yep. Uh, I love cooking. So I think at this point, you know, I'm a big uh, smoker guy. Ah. Uh, you know, back home uh, every dinner, you know, we have a, a close uh, neighbor friend uh, in Montreal that we, he has four kids. I have yep. four kids and we 
Monday I cook for everybody. Tuesday he does. So we kind of vice versa. But I like to to try some uh, try some things. You know, I think my my kids are picky. Yeah, the old mac and cheese is always a go to. <laughs> but uh, you know, I love to try things and I love to try to combine my wine with uh, with the food that we try. And you know, I got I got my wife finally into red wine. So that was a uh, That was the hard part. Yeah, it's so you have to like if you drink white wine, it takes that it takes convincing, and yep. then once you get into it and you learn about it, I, yeah. I can't go back to white wine. So uh, I, I'm actually fine with it. Obviously, when you you try to eat certain fish, you you try yeah. to to go into the, the the white wine, but you know red wine. There's so many options out there. It's, yeah, it, it's it's you're just reading books. You know, I, I'm still not good. My nose is. Uh, It's a little jammed up from a couple <laughs> fights, you know, the smell of it. Yeah, I can't tell you a lot, but, you know, it's a it's a fun learning thing, too. You know, with COVID, you, you were stuck in the house, you know, yeah. you're trying to find some things. And, you know, I became a, a handyman as well, building things and, uh, you know, cooking, building, golfing is pretty much what I do. That's pretty awesome. What do you think of the nickname D-Lo? That was my nickname okay. uh, in Buffalo. Uh, when, I went to, when I went to California, they just... Decided to call me Dez for, <laughs> for Deloria or DES and or DEZ. How do you want to spell it? But uh, no, Delo's been always my my nickname. Yeah, Rebecca on Twitter says it should be Diesel. Diesel. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they want to make it here. Diesel's my coffee. That's <laughs> it. Um, two more for you. Um, one, how, how much do you maybe hope that this is more than a rental situation, uh, Nick? Like, it, like I know Wild Fans are going to fall for you. I have a feeling you're going to fall for this area. And I know the way Billy Guerin loves tough hockey. Um, you know, obviously cap space is tight, but I'm sure you want to stop bouncing around and all that type of stuff. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, those are things that are not in my power. Uh, I know what I am as of now. It's the first time that I go through uh, being UFA and not, Resigned an extension. I always in Montreal. I signed a two-year extension. Then I went to, on my last year, went to Anaheim and signed a two-year extension. Uh, you know, just I don't, I don't look ahead. Like I said, I'm a day-to-day -day guy. Mm -hmm. I know my situation, and I said it out loud. I, I don't get affected from things. You know, a lot of guys can't play on, uh, you know, trying to overthink if they're going to stay here or not. You know, for me, it's I'm trying to help this team to make a playoff push, and I think we have the assets to do it. Uh, but I don't. I love it here. Mm -hmm. I've only been here three days. I love it. I'm going to love it until the end. I'm here. And if it's longer, it's longer. If not, you know, those are things that I don't control. I know the Ducks have a brand new uh, practice facility. What do you think of this one? <laughs> this is nice. Uh, you know, the elevator you know, right up. Yeah. No, that that's something <laughs> special. But no, I love it. You know, just practicing, seeing outside too. It's nice. Just yeah. need a little bit more sunshine. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, you know, I've practiced here once when I was... I think I was with Anaheim. We came here and we practiced at this this rink. And uh, but seeing the inside is something special. And uh, you know, I love the XL Energy too. You know, the, the you have that little soul grit in there. And yeah, you know, it's an older building too. But you know, it's I, I love everything about it. Yep. And just last question: You mentioned uh, you know a long playoff run. You know, this team has been a good team all year. They they've had multiple ten game point streaks and things like that. But the one thing that they maybe lacked was being hard to play against from a playoff perspective. You know, uh, to withstand a grind. And now you look at this team. They had you. They had Middleton. They had Jost. Um, obviously, Mark Andre, who's got a playoff pedigree, and they have a lot of extra bodies here too, which might be the difference with if there's injuries and things like that. You can actually throw NHL players in like Jordan. Ben. That's not a, you know, I mean, no. it's just, this team seems Just, poised uh, for something I said, special. I said it yesterday. I was talking to a couple guys and, and I was talking to Jacob too. And because I like my routine in warm ups is to go for a couple laps and then stretch and kind of trying to be the, you know, 
that guy that like this is our side and yep. i was looking at our our team just buzzing around we're like we're big yeah you know and uh you know i i i i don't think i bring more grit than what you guys had uh moose is a great guy you know greeny control so mm -hmm. the body as well yeah do he uh the backhand you know i think you know adding me is maybe not yeah maybe you add a little bit more but i thought every time i played with against against you guys it was you know it was a tough game you know it was a playoff game and you know i think uh you know, we, we we're big we're we're skilled i think mm -hmm. uh and you know, we just got to make this work. That's for sure. Yep. Hey, Nick, uh, this was a pleasure. You know, looking forward to seeing your family come here and that you could be more comfortable. But, uh, you know, welcome to Minnesota. And I know that Wild fans are going to absolutely love uh, love watching you. And like all fans, you know, they hate you when they're on the other <laughs> side, but they are going to love you on this side. There's no, no doubt about it. I love it. it. It's great, man. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Nick. That's Nick Delore. And here's a word from one of our sponsors. Well, thanks to Nick Delorier for joining Straight from the Source this week. Just a fun, fun interview. And maybe he's not even a rental. Who knows? I, I guarantee that he's going to become a fan favorite here and probably a favorite of Bill Guerin as well. Maybe the Wild could figure out a way to keep him. As you know, they can't keep everybody. Um, big week for the Wild ahead. Vancouver Canucks come to town Thursday night. Bruce Boudreaux's return to XL Energy Center. I talked to Bruce for about a half hour this morning, and I'm going to do a big story uh, for Thursday on Bruce's return to the X. It's a quick turnaround for him. He'll get in about 3 a.m. from Colorado after playing the night before, so he really won't get to see anybody, won't have a morning skate, all that stuff. So he's not even in town for 24 hours, a lot less than that. So, uh, But he'll be back next month as well. Um, then the Columbus Blue Jackets come to town Saturday night. A treat for you guys uh, this weekend. Uh, so Sunday night, the Colorado Avalanche come to town. On Tuesday, the Philadelphia Flyers come to town. And we'll have two new uh, voices writing these stories, as I like to say in the media business. I think you all could use a little break from me. Um, so Brian Murphy, the former uh, Pioneer Press hockey writer and columnist, he'll be covering Saturday's game for me, Tuesday's game uh, against the Flyers. Judd Zolgad from Score North, uh, the incredible, incredible former Star Tribune writer and uh, now a current longtime uh, radio host on Score North. He'll be covering that game for me. The reason? Because I'm going with Pierre Lebrun down to Palm Beach to cover the NHL GM's meeting. So that'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of Pierre, Pierre uh, recaps the NHL trade deadline with Craig Hustons and Sean Gentile on the Athletic Hockey Show. So check out that podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. This week, the Wednesday Roundtable provides the bonus content. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, talk to you next week, everybody. Everybody.